everyone, Amina here with the Float Small Business Podcast, speaking with Jason Flakes, photographer, filmmaker, and educator, about his business and how he's had to pivot as a result of COVID-19, and just the really inspiring optimism and creativity with which he's made changes and navigated through this really difficult time. Thanks so much, Jason. Thanks, Amina. Thanks for having me on the show. Let's please start with the move, because you have had more upheavals, I think, in your life with (laughs) moving from one state to another in the middle of a pandemic. How did that all go down? Yeah, so um, we were we were moving uh, almost what it feels like across country from, you know, D.C. to Ohio. Uh, And it was interesting just because doing it, doing it during a pandemic was had its own set of challenges. Um, we have, you know, changing our companies and LLCs and becoming, uh, you know, you know, registered in the state of Ohio. Um, and then we have to deal with uh, just the nuances of moving and then trying to keep your business running at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then trying to market and do all that while there's, you know, a pandemic going on. <laughs> that seems like so a little much. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I'm uh, really curious. Can I ask why you had to change the type of business structure that you had just because you were moving? Well, so I, so one thing that I, I've been thinking about is, you know, I can't do my business forever. Um, one day I'm going to have to retire. Um, I don't want to work when I'm 80. I want to work on fun things when I'm 80. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been trying to simplify my business. So I've been thinking about ways to simplify uh, and thinking about how I can delegate some of my responsibility to other people. Uh, and then have okay. them take over certain aspects of the business or certain ad- certain jobs that I um, can't perform or don't necessarily need to perform. So gotcha. going into the, going into the pandemic, that was beneficial because when the pandemic hit, um, there were services that my company offered that I just didn't necessarily do, but we mm. offered them. Um, and now companies wanted those services uh, more so than before the pandemic. Interesting. Uh, so you know. I like to think about, you know, people say you can't be a jack of all trades because uh, then you're a master of none. But, you know, if if you're, you know, multi-talented and um, I guess a savant, if you will, in your field, a lot of those things overlap. Yeah. Uh, so you can have skills in other areas. You don't necessarily have to do them all. Uh, but if you have talented people that can do them, yeah. uh, then now you can you can pivot a little bit more freely than you would be able to um, if you were just focusing on just that one Thing or that one aspect of business. Yeah, so. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I feel like as a storyteller that works in different industries, but also in different mediums from filmmaking to photography to writing, etc. Right. Uh, you don't have to do everything. But if you can understand how to do each one of those things to a degree, then you can also, I think, empathize better with your teammates and what they have to deal with. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely agree. And uh, I've been having that conversation a lot with people lately um, because they just kind of feel like, well, you can only do that one thing. You need to be really good at that one thing. And like, well, that's great. But then when that one thing blows up, then what do you have? So in what ways have you diversified your business either during COVID-19 or just over the last few years to give you that foundation to be able to pivot a little bit more nimbly. You know, my dad is a doomsday prepper. So he always says, well, there's always these what ifs. So what if this and what if that? Totally. So, yeah. Um, 
started thinking about that as a business and well, what if this happens and what will people do? Or what if that happens and what will people do? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that gave us our top 10. And then those out of those 10, those three, and then now we offer those three avenues of service um, through the pandemic when nobody was allowed to go out. Um, it was an essential service and we could do it. Um, wow. It was a job that we could offer. Yep. Um, so if we were to go back to normal, say tomorrow, um, I think that even with that normality, people don't necessarily want to necessarily go back to certain things. Sure. Um, you don't have to go out to somebody's office because you can meet virtually. You don't have to go look at a building or learn about an area because you can watch a video about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so now clients are, you know, thinking, well, we can keep doing this because it's saving us money. Um, even though we have this pay for this service, it's going to save us money. It's going to save our clients money. Um, and everybody benefits in, in, at the end. So yeah, I think, I think that I answered your question. Yeah, no, you totally <laughs> I did. I rambled a little bit. <laughs> so with everything that has been happening, have you had to pivot very much or have clients been continuing to call you as usual? How have things been on that front? Yeah, so a lot of our work is with construction companies and the government. Um, so construction didn't stop. So we still had that avenue of business, but um, it did slow down for a period of time. Um, and uh, a lot of the developers that we work with, they want I don't know if you ever heard of Matterport, but it's basically 3D building scans. Um, and you take those scans and you make a video out of it. Uh, and it's something that we always offer. We've only done it one time in, in the 10 years that I've been in business. Uh, and when this happened, everybody wanted Matterport. So we, we, I guess, pivoted, if you were into that sector of our business. Um, and, you know, I hired a couple people to do it. And it was nice because now I could employ these other people who their businesses were, were failing in a sense. Um, mm-hmm. But I had the conduit to, you know, push their business into, into something that they already could do. So, wow. so that was great in that, in that sense. Um, and then now that things are starting to pick back up, um, we're educating more people about the power of, you know, Matterport. Um, and then government contracts, because that money was already there and on the table, um, those are those are still there. So we're doing a lot of government contracting as well. It must feel so good to be able to help businesses that maybe are struggling a little bit with your talents and know that you're contributing to something really, really big for them. Because I think that the work that you do contributes on a regular day something meaningful. But if they're going through a hard time, and your contributions yeah. are helping them survive it, that's got to feel really good. Yeah, just meet new people, making new friends. And then even with the move now, um, you know, in a whole new place. Um, so just meeting new people and, and trying to brand and get people to know who we are. Um, and then just helping. I mean, we've only been here a month, maybe. Hmm. Um, and, and already developing, you know, new clients and new, you know, employee relationships. So. Wow. Um, it's, 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 I, I don't even know. <laughs> I have no words for it. <laughs> so it's just, wow. it's, it's been amazing. It's been that amazing. is amazing. It's been that hard, but it's been amazing. On that note, what has kept you going? Because I can't imagine that there wasn't a moment throughout the last five or six months where you went, hmm, I think I want to stay in bed this morning. I don't know. Have, <laughs> have you had moments like that? Yeah, I, I have those moments. Even even when things are good, I just sometimes I just don't want to get out of bed. 
um, just, you know, I, I do miss, I miss the association. I miss being with people. Um, being able to connect with people has just been, I, I, you know, I'm an extrovert. So I mm-hmm. like to talk to people. I like to, you know, high five and, and communicate, you know, physically sure. and verbally. Um, and that aspect of life is just, it's just gone. It's just different. Um, yeah. So it, it's been a struggle for me in that sense. You know, what keeps me going is just knowing that, you know, I can help people. Um, I can educate people. I can teach people. Um, yeah. And then just, you know, that this is something that everybody's going through. Um, so yeah. I have to look at the, you know, the brighter side. I saw it was an astronaut talking about um, he's on the space station and how difficult it is sometimes to be in this confined space for, you know, weeks or months on end. So, you know, he's thinking about when can I go home? Um, I just want to get out of here. But he said yeah. he made his focus. You know, this this might be the last time I ever get to see a view like this. I'll never be able to see the planet from this this space again. So um, yeah. I've noticed that just I've been able to connect with other people via Zoom or uh, via the phone that I that I probably wouldn't have talked to, you know, normally. Yeah. Um, so just making new connections and talking to new people. Um, I get to go exercise a little, a little bit more. I like to ride my bike. So nice. Uh, I, I feel like I actually work less now uh, than before. And I'm just kind of back to nature, which has been nice. So yeah, um, just enjoying the positives there and, and not focused on, you know, the rat race as it were. Yeah, no, that's great. That feels like a really healthy way to approach it. No, definitely. So, well, on that note, do you feel like storytelling could be a piece of the puzzle towards bringing people together in a different way? Yeah, I mean, if you go back to, you know, early human history, we sat around a campfire and we told each other stories. If a newcomer came into the circle, the first thing we did was tell stories to each other. Yeah. That's how we learn about the newcomer and that's how they learn about us and our culture. So um, I think that a lot of that has been lost. Um, some of that has been veiled with, with social media because we still tell stories, but sometimes those stories are false narratives, if you will, or they're mm-hmm. facades of who we kind of want to be. Um, but I think if we were more truthful with ourselves, um, you know, if I showed you that, you know, my office looks crazy over here, but it's fine behind me. Or, um, <laughs> That's why I have all this background blur, because I don't want you to see <laughs> what's actually behind me. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I think those stories, you know, help us to, it's a condition of the heart. It teaches us how to love one another. And, and, and once we, yeah. you know, have that, that love towards each other, then we'll, we'll grow. I think storytelling is definitely a big, big piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I agree. And of course, of course, I'm biased because I am a storyteller. <laughs> so, yeah. I, you know, we're preaching to each other's choirs on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but I really do feel like and it's a little bit of a buzzword storytelling these days. But yeah, sure. I do believe that when done well, telling stories is probably the most efficient conduit for change because it's not just spewing a bunch of facts and hoping people will listen. It's taking facts and wrapping them in something emotional and compelling. And I think people care more when facts are presented in a way that tug at the heartstrings, Not, not necessarily in like a super dramatic way, but just in a, yeah. a way that makes you relate. You plant seeds and then they grow. Sometimes they don't, but you, all you can do is plant seeds. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully something will sprout and then turn into a, a better idea 
uh, and then people will grow. I mean, that's what we do with with our work with storytelling. We we go out there and we plant seeds, and sometimes it changes people, sometimes it doesn't. So yeah, for sure. Well, with all of this that's happened these last few months, is there anything that you've learned either about yourself or about your business that you think that other small businesses could benefit from thinking about for their own selves and their own situations? Ooh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I've learned that that I can be more resilient um, than I thought that I was. Uh, I've learned that um, that I can take, I guess, more than I thought I could take, um, and that it's okay. I learned that it's okay to sometimes be sad or scared or uncertain about what's going to happen because you don't know. You, you don't experience everything. Um, a lot of this is new for a lot. You know, unless you're you've lived through the first world war and you're still alive, then you haven't experienced anything quite like this before. Um, so I think for a business owner, um, and as a human, um, it's okay, uh, to be uncertain, but I think the thing that I've learned the most is, is even with that uncertainty, um, still try to have a plan. I mean, plans will, will change, but if you have a plan and a goal, um, even if something happens and you can, you can pivot easier mm-hmm. versus if you didn't have one at yep. all. Uh, yep. And I think it's also caused me to be more organized because I'm not organized at all. (laughs) So so, uh, it's definitely caused me to have more organization in my life, um, which I I enjoy it. Um, I still have in my organization, I set aside time to be disorganized. Okay. So That's very organized of you. There's times in my day where I say, hey, listen, all right, between this time and this time, we don't know what's going to happen, but whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Um, and then when that, when, that, when that time is up, then I got to be organized again. But yeah, I think it's it's helped me become more organized. And I think to anybody that's like me, you know, be organized, have a plan, and have a goal. And lastly, I think it's also important what you said about just being okay with feeling what you're feeling. Sometimes I think people, and I know I'm guilty of this, feel a little guilty for being sad or feeling a sense of grief over something that we know we're just not going to be able to accomplish this year or maybe ever because of this year. And it's okay to mourn that. It's okay. We do have to pick ourselves back up again and get going. But it is okay to feel. Yeah, no, definitely. We, I mean, we, we all have unforeseen circumstances that we just can't account for. Like, and this is one of those. So it's okay to just mourn and to, to be okay, but just move forward. Yep. Don't be stagnant. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure as always. I love talking to you. Thanks. I'm glad. I'm glad. I hope I didn't ramble and sound. I, when I'm being interviewed, it's just different. <laughs> I'm so used to being the interviewer. So I uh-huh. I'm like, what did I just say? Yeah, I <laughs> so. hear that. I know. I can totally relate. Here's my, here's my, let me show you my messy space. So here we go. You can see it all. Wait, wait, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, you, okay. So you've got some gear oh. stuff. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. Oh. You know, this is going to make the cut, right? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, I will not show you the realities that exist outside of frame. <laughs> it's too embarrassing. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Ciao. Bye.